Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast. Bucks and Brian back on the mic on their respective coasts of the US of A. We have a lot to discuss, including some double game weeks on this episode. Brian, how the hell are you doing? Bring on the double game weeks. I want to put double game week 19 as far away from my back rearview mirror as possible. Let's get into double game week 20. Uh, not so fast, Brian. We do got to tell the listeners how we both scored in double game week 19 and also just touch on the top performers and floppers. Let me start. I had a slightly better game week so far than you have. I'm currently sitting on 55 points. I still have Andreas and Keppa remaining. I do have Mitrovic, but he is going to be serving a one match suspension following five yellow card accumulation. So that's pretty unfortunate. He was set to go against Chelsea and Chelsea is looking like they would let goals in against the sisters of the poor right now. So uh, that is a cupcake match to be missing for sure. Disappointed to not get a return from Erling Holland, my captain, but I am currently on a green arrow. Thanks in large part to Harry Kane. I avoided the Luke Shaw phenomenal performance and uh, didn't hurt me all too much because Harry Kane was in my side with a massive 16 points, which we'll touch on in just a few minutes. Brian, let's turn it over to you. Not as good, I know, but uh, tell the listeners, how are you doing? Bucks, I'm really jealous of your 16-pointer. An absolute haul from Kane, who you brought in on the wild card after the World Cup. So congrats for having him. Some people even had... Kane and Shaw in their team, and they would be absolutely flying, unlike me, who has neither. So I'm on 47 <laughs> points. Looking at another red arrow, still have my Andreas and Kepa slots to go. This is a long game week, especially since I went semi-differential on Captain Mitrovic, which proved to be looking really positive about 80 minutes through that match. He did pick up a knock in the first, like, 15 minutes and then he scores right after he's on max bonus then he gets a yellow card suspended for the next match so it all went to hell but still ended up out scoring holland this week so you know trying to win in the margins but the rest of my team was just utter doo-doo and uh man i get the insult to injury with dunk losing his clean sheet in like the 96th minute and i left a few of our group chats after that that put me on complete tilt Brighton were up 4-0 in that match, and then Rob the Donk Monster Sanchez just gives away a PK like an idiot. So a little salty over here, but happy to hopefully move to double game week 20 where I'll have five or six doublers, and hopefully we'll get some points out of Foden, who we've been very patient with, and maybe even Kev will get some points. KDB, my love, oh, six points. I'm waxing and waning here, Bucks, but he's got six total points in the three matches that I've owned him. So nothing's going right for your boy over here, but two free transfers and let's uh, let's keep this pot moving. Yeah, Brian, rinse and repeat. Let's wash you off and uh, let's dive into the top performers of double game week 19. We know you're not going to be featured in that category, nor will I. We are both... Uh, right around the half million to one million marks in the overall ranking, not where we want to be, but there's only room to climb for both of us. And I think we're both well set up for double game week 20, which we will be sure to touch on a lot in this episode, but not too fast. Let's touch on the top performers, double game week 19, starting with mostly single game week players. Harry Kane absolutely smashed it. 
two goals, one assist, three bonus points. He ends up with 16 massive points, specifically for Team Bucks, baby. Love to see that. And it was not looking good. I mean, I think between Mitro and Kane, they both looked like they were on zero, maybe one pointers, the way the games were going in the first 10 minutes and even the first half. And then Mitro gets a goal and you're flying. I'm in the dumps. And then Harry Kane comes out for the second half and he was like a transformed man. It was like uh, he had some some uh, booger some booger sugar in the uh, halftime locker room, the way he came out with the rest of the Spurs side. Man, the whole Spurs team just got some of the Michael's secret stuff juice from Space Jam at halftime. I, I could not believe how poor they played in the first half and then to turn it around and get four goals. And honestly, they could have had like six in the second half. This Palace team is very underwhelming and very surprising after a very promising season under Vieira last year. This is a sophomore slump in a big way for this Crystal Palace team. And that's why we're going to talk about later that they're huge targets for double game week 20 for us to go against and back somebody from Manchester United or maybe multiple assets from United because we're not, we're seeing no consistency from Crystal Palace. With that being said, it was really tough to watch Kane absolutely dominate in about a 30-minute stretch on Sunday. I had no players. This was also a really messed up game week where all of my players played on like Saturday and nobody played on Sunday. So luckily put a few uh, shekels on for entertainment purposes only for Kane to score. And that, that helped stop the bleeding a little bit, but uh, mentally didn't get the points. Yeah, you're welcome for that Kane uh, anytime goal scorer tip uh, brought to you by uh, the Bucks Found Betting Casino of Brooklyn. Let's go to the next player on our list, Luke Shaw. He's looking and he's looking so good right now since the restart. Oh, wow. He's looking. Bro, he bad. is 15 points in game week 19. He is the top scorer since the game restarted in game week 17 following the World Cup. Talk about bringing massive form back from the World Cup. Luke Shaw is putting that to the test right now. He had 15 points in this game week, a goal, clean sheet, and three bonus. And he's just on a massive heater. Again, I think he he's again, the priority looks, transfer. He gets, he gets massive bonus points again. He's got eight total bonus points in three matches. I swerved Shaw because I was a little bit worried that maybe Lindelof and the likes of Harry Maguire, we're going to have to be in the back line with Varane and Martinez coming back late from their World Cup head-to-head -head matchup. And instead, Luke Shaw just shifts over to center back, vacuums up the bonus points, then goes out to the wing, scores his first goal in like two years in a United shirt, and delivers a massive 15-pointer. So he's 5.1 million. He's definitely a huge target, especially for... You and I, who both still own Reese James and have been putting off that transfer for a long time, I think uh, we'll discuss a little bit later whether you should go with Shaw or maybe Delo. But right now, Shaw is the man on a mission getting all the points. Yeah, and we should say that uh, on Twitter, we actually voiced uh, some distrust of Man United defense and specifically Luke Shaw. And I'll, I'll eat some humble pie there. I was completely wrong. They look like one of the best defenses and the best organized teams under Eric Ten Hag, the new coach. And God, as a Chelsea fan, I really wish we had Ten Hag leading the line as opposed to Graham uh, Putrid Potter right now. But 
we'll save that for deeper in the episode. Let's keep it moving <laughs> to the next man on our list. Yeah, Shaw barely outdoes one Doherty, our guy, 14 points, a goal, clean sheet, and two bonus. Very huge result for the Tottenham Spurs. And then behind him, Perisic also has 10 points with an assist, a clean sheet, and one bonus point. So all the guys on Spurs that are fantasy relevant, including Sonny Boy, he gets a goal in that one as well. They all put up big second half performances and brought a lot of points to FBL managers who had them in their side. We're going to talk about uh, all four of those players that we just touched on a little later in the episode, as they all will have double game weeks in 20. But the standout player in double game week 19 thus far was one burnt Leno. He's currently sitting on 10 points. He has the Chelsea game still to come. And as I mentioned, they're in absolute shambles. So I think he's going to end up being the all in all top scorer in double game week 19. I think you could realistically expect that he'll get a clean sheet and potentially another bonus point or two in this Chelsea match, the way that the blues are playing at this moment. So I think Bert Leno might end up with 17 points all out, but he's currently sitting on 10 looking really strong for Fulham and Fulham have been a leaky defense, but uh, he's putting together a really strong double game week performance. I mean, overall Leno coming from Arsenal, you know, had a number of starts for them, over the last couple seasons, moves to Fulham and is part of a top half side at the moment. And you got to respect what Fulham are doing. They're putting out solid shifts whenever they're out there. They have a pretty good continuity within the side. And I think uh, between Leno and then the resurgence of Tim Ream, he's also been doing fantastic over the last couple of game weeks, actually. I think he got nine points in this one or seven, eight, seven or eight points, like a big result. And then he had a 15 pointer a couple of days ago. So um, anybody who took a punt on Fulham defense is actually sitting pretty. Whereas the rest of us had some of the floppers like one Andreas Pereira who gets subbed at the 57th or 58th minute. And so he only comes in with one point in the easier part of the double game week. So he was a big flop for me. And as somebody I started over Foden because of the double game week, Foden ultimately bunched again, ends up with one point. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. But Andreas so far has been a flopper, but he still has one game to turn it around. Yeah, great shout and nice transition, but he will likely be on penalty kicks. So uh, he has big upside in that Chelsea match with Mitrovic sitting out with suspension. I expect he will add to his tally and maybe even reward the managers bold enough to captain him in the double game week as a differential. Other players that really flopped and failed to deliver, Trossard benched and even left out of the side. Uh, he ends up on zero points. Really concerning from Deserby, who said that Trossard is not giving his full effort and putting in a good shift for the lad. So I expect that he might be up in the January transfer window for a move elsewhere as he is out of contract at the end of the season. Really concerning for Trossard owners from an FPL perspective. Yeah, that's interesting. I think he's obviously been a top FPL asset in the first half of the season, especially at his price point. But we're seeing a lot of the other Brighton assets emerge. When you look at Matoma, he's got a couple goals and an assist over his last four matches. Solly March, McAllister, they really have a attacking style that's delivering FPL points across the midfield. And if Trossard isn't going to bust his balls in training, he's not going to make the pitch. So glad to see Deserby 
bench him and go with somebody like Evan Ferguson, who's an 18-year-old Irishman who's got two goals in his last couple of matches, 4.5 million price point for FPL. So if we ever go to a big 3-5-2 and we see some of these more expensive midfielders start to hit their form, that is definitely a great enabler up top for Brighton. Next up, let's talk about Cancelo, Walker, and Foden. Wow. All of these lads end up with one point, especially concerning since we have a double game week coming up where we really want to try to nail three players for the likes of Manchester City. Bucks, what'd you see here? Yeah, not great, uh, especially as I am on Cancelo. He has been the most concerning player since the restart. He looks massively out of form, and it seems like Pep is favoring Rico Lewis. 18-year-old at $3.9 million in the FPL game over him. Uh, Cancel didn't even get a start to build fitness in the FA Cup match against Chelsea. So super concerning. He is a player uh, for sure on my chopping block for an FPL perspective. But I have to believe in his pedigree. Uh, but right now, what we're seeing on the pitch does not equal the $7.4 million price tag that he currently has in the FPL game. Yeah, and we'll dive more into the top three assets to own from a city perspective what to do with Cancelo a little bit later but before we get to that point let's also shout out that Holland wow he gets his third blank of the season unfortunately and many FPL managers were very disappointed to see him only end up with four points as he was the top captain shout this was actually a positive week where going into Saturday I was very optimistic and bullish that maybe Mitro could really help me gain 15 to 20 points this game week if he could get a couple hauls in this double but instead he got the yellow and then holland um you know only ends up with four points so i was feeling greedy there but it is what it is we move on hey you were six points in the black which is uh no small shakes and holland even failed to register a shot on target so uh really probably his worst game of his short time in the premier league uh he did I have mean, a couple i, I don't think yeah, I don't think it was that bad, honestly. Like he he was His very chances, close. But... Yeah, he was very close to getting one uh, goal that was almost a tap, and like he was full spread eagle trying to tap in a goal that came across the side from I believe KDB. And I know we were rooting for that from uh, FPL perspective, but his XG was actually decent in this game. I think his his worst game is still the match versus Bournemouth when he had eleven total touches in the whole match and and uh, got even though he got an FPL assist now, and I think that was still his worst performance. All right. All right. Calm down over there. Gloating to a minimum. Let's touch on the last one in this category, Chelsea FC. Uh, we just have to give them a huge L right now. Whatever project they are working on there under American businessman Todd Bowley, it's not even a boner. It's like a half chub. It's not working out at all. They have. 10... Oh, there, there's there is no blood. There is no blood. They can't even be half chub bucks. This oh, is... my God. Yeah, they need a no excitement. No excitement here. They need a four hymns or some uh, some uh, generic Viagra subscription. It's going so poorly, uh, making matters worse. They are missing 10, count it, 10 first team starters out with injury. Ten? It's it's bad news, Bears, and it's looking like Potter might be the sacrificial lamb. And I have to say, uh, I'm not Potter's biggest fan, but uh, right now it is unfair shakes to say that he is the one at fault for what is going on at Chelsea. Uh, they are just sans players. They're sans strategy. And they're sans getting any points in the Premier League table right now. They're sitting firmly 
mid-table, not good enough. Yeah, when you look at a team like United, who has brought in ETH, you see that they have lineup continuity, and they have a system that they're trying to build. They're trying to get their players in the right spots and learn their tendencies, build trust within one another. And instead, we just have this merry-go-round of random players coming into the sides at any given point. I mean, I understand wanting to tweak a few spots, but the lineups have just been so different and we can't find the right formation and the right guys, the right horses to trot out there. And it's just really been abysmal to put it, you know, frankly. So look, from an FPL perspective, I'm very happy to own Kepa. I think he's still making some good saves and you will get some save points across the the course of you owning him. But the rest of the team is just a clear stay away. And it, it's hard to watch the matches. And I think that's what hurts the most. Like, obviously, we want our FPL teams to do well. But as a fan and a supporter, it's just hard to watch them. And they're going to have to burn this whole mother bleeper down before they rebuild it. Oh, that's it's painful to watch. And to have myself and my daughter be dressed in the uniforms for the game time, only to be like tearing my hair out. 30 minutes into the match. It's not a pleasant uh, weekend experience for uh, the girl dad in Brooklyn, to say the least. Let's jump to our first break. When we come back, we'll dive into the double game weeks to come. Double trouble. We have double game weeks for Game week 20, let's jump into them. Let's start with Spurs. They are home versus Arsenal and then at City. A very tricky double for Harry Kane, who is going to be the most popular asset. He's at about 31% ownership right now across the FPL community. Bucks, I know you have him. You'll be happy to own him. But he's definitely somebody that we'll chat about later on whether you would break the bank to bring him in this double game week. But ultimately, I think Spurs lose both of these games, but they could definitely score. So there is value in Harry Kane, but I don't know about the rest of the squad. What are your what is your outlook when looking at the Spurs matches? This is definitely the hardest possible double game week fixture lineup. They're playing the current top of the table in Arsenal in a North London Derby where they are home. Fortunately, that's kind of the only good part of that matchup. And then they play away at the Etihad to play against city who are currently in second place and have been dominant team for the last four or five years in the premier league. Uh, yikes. I think they are not escaping this double game week with any points in the table, but I do think Harry Kane probably knocks in at least a goal and gets one FPL return. I wouldn't be taking hits necessarily to bring him in. However, I do think that he is one to hold and start if you already have him in your team. Yeah, I think psychologically, we've seen the Conte-led Spurs have a lot of success with the counterattack versus Man City. And then thinking about last year, when it was basically Spurs going to Champions League or Arsenal, Spurs absolutely waxed them. Now, the teams are in different form, and especially with Sun uh, being very abysmal in the last stretch and then Kulu probably out is a different side that are coming to play Arsenal. So I'm, I'm a little bit curious to see how these result and if maybe Spurs can grab um, some points versus Arsenal in a cagey affair. I don't think they have a chance at city though. 
Yeah, and we should also mention that Kane is on four yellow cards. So similar to Mitrovic last game week with the double, if he gets a yellow card in what is going to be a super cagey and expected to be very physical North London Derby against Arsenal, he will then miss the City match. So buyer beware on that front. I really expect that if you had Darwin, and we'll, we could probably talk about this now, I don't know if I'd be making the Darwin to Kane shift, uh, especially not for a minus four. I just think that Darwin is going to come good and right now is getting a lot more chances than Harry Kane. All right, let's take a look at City. They play at United and then our home versus Spurs. You'll want to have three assets from City for those two matches. Earlier in the season, City absolutely destroyed United and I believe scored six goals, but that was a different version of the squad. And I think this one will be much closer, but I would still lean towards City with a victory, but maybe two to one, something rather closer than we saw in the last matchup. Yeah, and this is not only a double game week, but it's also a derby game week. So there's going to be a lot of much more hotly contested and difficult to predict fixtures than in a traditional normal game week. So I think going to Old Trafford is going to give a slight edge to United, but I don't think it's enough to make up the gap in talent between the two sides. I think City still get victories in both these games, but I'm not so confident that triple captain Holland is best used in this game week. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Next up United play home versus city and then at palace. And this was a very last minute announced double for Manchester United. And they have about four days in between their matches. So you would expect ETH to continue to push for top four and put out his best lineups with that being said, the Palace match, again, we've seen them be very up and down. And I think it's a match that you want to exploit and you would be able to bring in Manchester United players at very relatively cheap price points. So they're definitely high up on our list. And we'll talk about the players to target from them coming up. But I would expect a close loss versus City and then maybe a two or three nil victory at Palace. Agreed. And I think that United are actually the priority transfers in double game week 20. They have tough fixtures. They play City and then they play Arsenal in 21. But I think all around that, not only do they have the two fixtures versus one in double game week 20, but then they have some cupcake matches after 21. And they're priced such that you could easily bench them in the Arsenal match in 21 if needed. Uh, but I think Rashford right now, he scored in seven straight matches at Old Trafford, and he's on an absolute mind-bending heater. He's white hot uh, since coming back from the World Cup. He's almost a must-own and a potential differential captaincy option in the double game week. And we mentioned Luke Shaw. He's been sensational. And I think Delo and De Gea and even Bruno Fernandez and Martial should all be on your short list as potential transfer targets going into the double. Lastly, Palace play at Chelsea, which is, like Buck said, another derby, and then home versus United. You could maybe take a punt on one of their midfielders who will cover very soon, but I wouldn't want more than one player in your side from Palace given their form this season. Yeah, with better form, I think Zaha would be an easy transfer move for many managers. But right now, they are just so bipolar. I think the whole team is a cross-off. Let's dive into the players that we think have the best double game week fixtures. And we can even maybe rank them uh, from each team in order of preference. Let's start with Spurs since we cover them first. 
And I think this is pretty easy. I think it's Harry Kane and then everyone else. He's 11 Huge, points. Yeah. Huge yeah. gulf between him and the rest of the squad from an FPL perspective. Now, we should say, I think second is probably Doherty. And I think Doc is a really interesting swap if you already have Luke Shaw and you still have Reese James in your team. This is really just a punt on the offensive upside of a player like him or even Perisic. Because as we said, both Brian and I are not rating that Spurs are going to get much out of these two fixtures from a defensive perspective. So you're really hoping that Doc and Perisic are first choice. They get two starts in two matches, and maybe they get an assist or a goal uh, to up their FPL point total. Yeah, it's a shame that the... Spurs have two really tough fixtures. If it was a mixed fixture, um, you know, and the city one, then they'd be a lot more popular, especially if Doc is 4.6 million. So I really like that price point for a for a um a punt. But uh I think I was listening to another pod and they were talking about Parasich, and the way that you have to look at Parasich is that he's a winger and you should never expect clean sheets with him, but just to own him for attacking returns. And often he does play a very advanced role and just got an assist in his last match. I think he's been a bit underwhelming considering I thought he looked pretty good during their run to the semis in the World Cup. But for Spurs, he hasn't been as attacking. Where are these goals that everyone was was promising us earlier in the season? I don't think he has a single one yet for Tottenham in the Premier League. So maybe... He does start to get some attacking returns, but at 5.5 million, I wouldn't rate him over Shaw. And that's got to be the priority transfer in when you're looking at the defenders this week. Agreed. And I think Kulu and Sun are interesting, but I think there are better priced options uh, at both of those FPL price points. Uh, Kulu is 8 million. Sun is 11.6. I would much rather have Kane than Sun. I think that's just easy to say. Yeah, some people who own Foden are potentially thinking about Kulu, but given that he's coming off of injury, we don't know how many minutes he's going to play. He could easily play 100, 120 minutes in the two games or be on a minutes restriction. So that puts me off of him. If he was fully healthy, I think he would have been a great fit in our FPL squads, knowing how classy he is and attacking he is with Kane in form. But with the injury status unknown, I would just be worried about having him in your side. And you can't predict Foden's minutes either, but it's pretty much a wash. So not worth the transfer this week. All right, Bucks, let's jump into all the lads from City. So from my perspective, I think the top three, if I was on wildcard right now, would be Ederson in goal because he's nailed, KDB and Holland. Now, many people have... Jao Cancelo instead. So what is your take as a Cancelo owner? I have swerved him because I opted to go with the likes of Foden instead, and that has netted me the exact amount of points that Cancelo has. They both have three measly points in three game weeks, so I didn't quite make up for the uh, the points that I needed in my squad with that move, but I've been right about Cancelo so far, so how are you feeling? Where are you at? Well, I should admit I'm a little envious of you because I have that Cancelo-sized problem in my defense right now, and I really thought he was a no-brainer to keep on my team at 7.4 million. Now he's 7.3 million, and I expect he's going to continue dropping in price because he's clearly not favored and he's not in form uh, currently since returning from the wild card. I think he had a little mental break uh, from a confidence perspective being dropped 
for Diogo Delo uh, by the Portuguese manager. And now he returns to City and there's competition throughout that team. They're basically like an all-star team at the Etihad. And he hasn't been able to just have that mojo back that he had before he left. So he is definitely on the chopping block. I think for me, my preferred three, I like the way you're set up with the three attackers. I would want to have Holland, KDB, and Mares. Mares has four goals in his hey, last five matches. My guy, my guy. <laughs> and he's emerging as first choice selection in midfield alongside not Phil Foden, but Jack Grealish. So I think as Foden and Cancela owners, if you have either one of them, and even worse, if you're like me and you have both them, serious, serious panic time from a transfer perspective. Look, my take on Cancelo is he's still the preferred left back if he's going to play on the left and Rico would play on the right instead of Walker. So I could see that. Obviously, we've seen Cancelo play on both sides. We've also seen him in the last match. He started against Chelsea and was playing right winger, which was completely out of position for him. And Pep actually had some comments after the game in the media saying that he felt bad for him. He put him in this position, wanted to test something out. Obviously, it didn't work, so he hooked him at halftime. Um, I think the the main thing is you don't have extra transfers laying around to take punts. So moving from somebody like Cancelo to Shaw this game week, it just doesn't make sense for me because you're going to have two pretty tough fixtures. I mean, maybe Shaw gets a clean sheet versus Crystal Palace, but there's going to be goals in the Manchester Derby, like the last match they played earlier season, six to three Manchester city wins before that four to one. So there's a world where Shaw gets minus points and um, versus city. So I don't think it's worth the transfer. If you're going to go specifically from Cancelo to Shaw. I slightly disagree with you, but I also agree with you. So let me go to the disagree first. I think right now, first choice for Pep is actually Rico Lewis and Walker. And I think Walker is going to be first choice specifically because They'll be dealing with Sun and Rashford, two speedsters uh, out wide. And I think he will be preferring Walker's talent in the fast feet category to deal with uh, those counterattacking players on the wing in the double game week. But I will say that I think it's hard to transfer out Cancel right now because not only does he have a double game week in game week 20, which is around the corner, but City are also set to have a double game week in game week 23. So he has not one, but two extra matches than most other players in the FPL game. So I think that flip-flopping City assets, playing Pep Roulette is ill-advisable. And if you want to transfer out a City player, better to wait till next game week to make any flip-flops. Yeah, and thinking about this further, Bucks, like Rico Lewis is a child. He is 18 or 19 years old. He's not going to start two matches back to back. And so when you look at some of these assets, why not? He's fucking, he's fucking really good. And he's 18. He's already, he's, he's eating Cancelo's lunch. Uh, I I think it's, it's something that you want to see multiple starts in a row, which he has not received yet before you take a risk and bring him into your side. There are other assets that are better. Like, in, in the double game week 23, when they play Villa and then Arsenal, sure, if he's nailed and we see him over the next three weeks really play a lot of minutes, starting matches, playing the full 90, then it's a good time to take the punt. You could you could bring him into your side as your third city player this week, and he might play a total of 
30 minutes. Like you don't know. It's just too small of a sample size to take that punt where that third city slot is so important from my perspective in FPL. Agreed. That's why I think your your take at the start of Ederson being up in your preferred top three is, is really prescient because he is the only city defender that is truly nailed. Yeah, we've also seen a really strong performance from John Stones. I think uh, that that's been interesting. He started a lot of the and matches. Yeah, uh, with Diaz injured, um, you know, you could go that way. I think it's really very tricky though. Um, I would stay away. And even even though I love Mares, like I I think I would stay away from from him as well. So um, I think lastly, before we end this on the city perspective. Let's talk about triple captaincy quick on Holland. He is going to be the overwhelming double game week captain this week for game week 20. What are your thoughts on using the triple captain on him with the rationale that these are two very difficult fixtures that Holland needs to play. He needs to start and he needs to play 70 plus minutes in both of them. Listen, I rate him to score in any isolated single match. My question here is, is this really the best time to use the triple captainship against two top competitors in United and Spurs? And like I said, I think he's going to score, but I think I'm going to bet that there's going to be another city double game week to be announced because they are going deep in a lot of these competitions. The issue with my strategy and my perspective there is that Holland might not be fit for those future matches and he might definitely be rested in slightly easier competition, but I'm just, I'm scared off it. Uh, I'm not going to use it just yet. I know it's a very popular time to use it. Uh, it's just not, I, I I rate that he's going to haul, but I don't know if it's going to be something like the Mo Salah double game week that we had last season, where he ended up on 84 points. If you triple captained him, that's really what I'm targeting. I want the massive, massive return. Yeah, and that might be when they play Villa and Arsenal in 23. I think those are slightly better fixtures. But again, I couldn't fault anybody for using it because of the minutes that he's going to play. And we've seen him get braces, hat-tricks against the best teams. Again, earlier in the season, he did hat-trick against Manchester United. So he's got it in him. He can do it against anybody. But I would be probably holding off, but wouldn't fault anybody. So uh, I think ultimately... Um, the last thing I want to talk about is just if you have solid, do you bring KDB in if you have an open city slot? I wouldn't because there's rumors and we'll touch on this in a couple of in. I wouldn't. And we'll touch on this on the next segment. Liverpool are still getting amazing chances and Salah is very high on the XG perspective. He's just not converting them right now. And there's a potential that Liverpool could double in 21. So I wouldn't want to be hokey with KDB and Salah. I think just stick with Salah, try and bring someone else in, uh, maybe to get Mares as a major differential instead. Okay, enough on City. Let's go to their crosstown rivals let's touch on the best assets we would want to have from man united i think it's pretty clear who our first choice is going to be marcus rashford a man in stellar form he also took a penalty kick in the fa cup he's clearly found his fountain of rejuvenation and looks to be nailed on for the foreseeable future especially in fpl he's risen to seven million but that's still an absolute bargain and you should bring him into your side if you don't have him but from there, the second best asset is probably Luke Shaw at 5.1 million. Again, 
like Buck said, he's on a few of these set pieces where he uses his left foot to bring some in-swingers into the box. He's also gobbling up bonus points, 5.1 million. You and I and a lot of FPL managers have a hole with this Reese James injury just still sitting on our benches. So he looks like a natural fit, and I couldn't blame you for going for him this game week, even though they do play City. Yeah, I think he's going to be a priority transfer for many. And I even rate the potential double up of bringing in Delo as our kind of third selection. He's 4.7 million. He was also vacuuming up bonus points and the more attacking right. wing back uh, before he got injured. He's now seems to be fully fit. He got a good run out in the FA Cup draw. So I expect he'll start both matches ahead of Juan Basaka, considering that's that United will need to score goals to stand any chance of hanging with both City and Palace. And, you know, I think beyond that, Martial is an interesting punt, especially if you have Mitrovic, like both of us do. He's an easy swap and gets you the additional game week, let alone the easier fixture run for the next few. So that's how I rate it. I really put Martial as kind of 3B uh, with the low, maybe 3A, because we'd want to have the double up based on the way United defense are playing. Yeah, and I'm very attracted to Martial because of the fixtures that Mitrovic has coming up. And I think that's what's kind of swaying me to that easy swap. He's 6.6 million. So when we look at Mitro, he's obviously missing this stupid match versus Chelsea, but he plays Newcastle, then he plays Spurs and Chelsea in the next three. So this is an opportunity to take a punt, get the extra fixture in Martial. Martial did get a brace last time they played in the 6-3 matchup versus City. City were running away with that one, but he did return from an FPL perspective and can score. I mean, I think it's, again, it's a punt, but it's a relatively cheap one if you want to double up on their attack. Anthony, too expensive. He's like 7.5 million. He's too, he just takes long bombs from uh, outside the box. That's not what you want for FPL. And Bruno is somebody that I would really like to have if he was taking a few more shots, but I see him as uh, just too expensive at around the 9.8 million price point. What do you think about the other attackers on United? I'd actually probably want to have Erickson over both Anthony and Bruno based oh, wow. on price and form. Uh, I really like your Martial shout, but Admittedly, those goals were both in garbage time. And I should just shout out to the listener. Uh, Brian does not have a gloves fetish. Uh, he just really likes the way that Martial is Tony looking Love. from an FPL fit perspective in his team. Uh, <laughs> with that, let's move on to Palace. Uh, this is going to be a really short list for Crystal Palace players to potentially target. I think it goes all the way to Willie Z and no one else because... They are not scoring enough goals and they are not looking consistent enough by any means to get returns. Honestly, I would probably go Elise at 5.4 million over Zaha. So I think if you wanted to take a punt and wanted to move somebody like Andreas up to Elise, who does have two double digit hauls in his last five matches and is putting in a good amount of shots and crosses, I think he's probably the player that I would own than Zaha, who is 2 million more expensive. Um, And when we look at this trio of midfielders for Crystal Palace. It's actually very surprising to see that Zaha, who is on pens and frankly not very good at him, he got a zero pointer for me in game week 16 before the restart. He actually has the same amount of points as Eze, who is 5.6 million. They're both on 71 total points. So 
I would take a punt on somebody who's cheaper, like Elise or Eze, as a differential that's not going to really burn your team. And also somebody that could be your first bench slot for future game weeks. Whereas Zaha, you're going to be very pressed to play him each and every week. Yeah, but he is an easy transfer in the future at that price point. He could easily become Odegaard in a future game week. So I kind of like having that slot at around the seven to eight million to be fungible with and and move throughout the players in form and with the best fixtures. It's all about being fungible, Bucks. I agree with you there. All right, let's take a look at the single game week players that we think are worth a punt on. And we should just mention before we dive into this right now, expert scheduler, expert Excel user, master of his craft at predicting the double and triple and blank game weeks, Ben Krellen is suggesting that there is a high likelihood that both Chelsea and Liverpool will have a double game week in 21. That will be confirmed before the game week 20 deadline. And there's also a lesser possibility that Arsenal, Brighton, and Everton will also have a double game week in game week 21. So that's something to be mindful of before you make any early transfer moves. You don't want to be selling a player like Martinelli or a player like Darwin just before you hear that their teams have double game weeks in the upcoming fixture run. Yeah. And looking at the next five fixtures, I think Leeds sticks out and Rodrigo, who is top five in the premier league for total goals scored. He has reached I believe double digits bucks already. He's 6.3 million and he is the player that I would be very, very attracted to. He plays Villa, then Brentford, NFO, United, Everton, and Southampton. Wow. That's a really, really great run. So somebody you could take a punt on if you didn't want to go with a double game week player. Yeah, Rodrigo already on 10 goals, and he's leading the line for Leeds with Bamford out injured. He's a player that I have top of my watch list for the single game week players. Not to be outdone, I think David Raya is a really interesting future thinking transfer when we use our wild card. He's going under the radar. He's currently the third highest scoring goalkeeper in the game. And I know I didn't think of Brentford as a stout defensive unit, and I haven't been thinking of that, but he's getting a lot of save points, a lot of bonus, and he actually has a penalty kick save as well, which is also bumping up Dean Henderson, who's second on that list. So just both players to be mindful of Rodrigo and Raya, both very appealing. And then we can jump to teams with future double game week, specifically Arsenal. I think if you're not on triple Arsenal, you need to have a plan to get a triple up on their players. They're at a price which is palatable and they're scoring in bunches from an FPL and real life perspective. So uh, Odegaard is a player that's on my dream wish list uh, come game week 23 when we know Arsenal do have a double game week. Part of grabbing somebody like Martial this week, it also leaves a very easy transfer if you want to go with Inketia, who is about the same price point and has double game week 23 coming up. And so there's so many different ways you can go with it. Uh, and Kedia actually had a double today. He had a brace in their FA Cup match versus Oxford Scholars and Rhodes Scholars United. But, um, you know, you can't go wrong picking your third Arsenal asset. But those are differentials. Again, if you are behind the pack going in Ketia instead of somebody else, 
tripling up on Arsenal attack. I think that's really interesting. I've had Ben White, um, who's unfortunately missed a clean sheet by one minute and they get subbed off early. It's been a hodgepodge of basically three points uh, or two points in the last couple of matches. So I would really love a triple up on the attack come game week 23. So that's something I'm actually actively thinking about as well. Yeah, I love that. As a Gabrielle owner, I'm just jealous of the Ben White bonus points he gets even when he gets subbed off early. One more team with a couple names we should shout out, and that is Brighton. They're having a really strong campaign, specifically from an attacking perspective. I think in previous seasons, they've been really stout in defense under Potter. Uh, right now, he can't get anything right at Chelsea, but Deserby is all about the attack. And they have a lot of cheap midfielders that are offering huge FPL potential, starting with McAllister, Matoma, and Marsh. I think all three of those guys are really interesting potential future transfers for your fifth midfield slot. Now that Andreas has his double game week out of the way, it might be time to sell him off and bring in a guy like Matoma, who's flaming hot scoring a lot of goals and it's priced at 4.9 million. So that's definitely something I'm thinking of in the event Brighton get a last minute double game week announcement. Yeah, when they do get their double announced, they'll be very popular. And I think grabbing one of their attackers who are very cheap is going to be easy to slot into your team. We might even see some folks go into a 3-5-2 when these doubles get announced because there are so many other cheap attacking midfielders within the game that we can go to. All right. I think that wraps up the players to target. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with our transfer plans and captaincy shouts. BRB. Let's go. It's time to make some transfers, do some tinkering and tell you our plan for double game week 20. We both have two free transfers. That's very unusual, Brian. Yeah, considering how bad my team is, just a flaming dog turd, you'd expect me to be making moves every week to try and rectify something, put out some fires. But instead, I got $1.2 in the bank and two free transfers. So, um, you know, I'd be willing to take a hit this week as well if I wanted to bring in three double game week players. I think that's a potential shout as well, just to maximize the potential for hitting a big haul. But right now, I think I'm just going to use two free transfers. I have Foden, KDB, and Holland. I'm just going to roll them all out again. My philosophy is if you have three city, just to stick with those three city players. And, you know, they might get one and a half games out of this double game week or 120 minutes or you know something close to that and so that's still going to be way better than your single game week players most likely so um yeah man i think i'm i'm really kind of split between making a big move and getting kane in for darwin darwin's been troubling me he's somebody that when i look at kane i just love his consistency he's on pens but they have really tough fixtures so a fading Fading the likes of Spurs could make sense too. It's just really tough to figure it out. And whenever I watch Darwin, he's in all the right places, but he is just on the other side of expected goals. And it's torturous to really watch him. He's somebody who you could dedicate a whole podcast to every week, just analyzing his play and his lack of production. But um, I think for me, I'm going to stick with moving Reese to Shaw 
pretty straightforward. Save a couple shekels in the bank. And then I'm TBD on what I'm going to do with my other move. I could go Mitro to Martial, which would give me six double game week players. And then enough money in the bank where I could go Andreas to Odegaard for game week 21, which is very appealing, especially if there's some extra fixtures announced. But having that money in the bank could be really fruitful. All right, Bucks, enough about me. I'm the one on the bottom. Let's talk about what you're going to do with your two free transfers. You are a bottom, Brian. <laughs> yep, that's me. That's I me have being, two... being, being lazy and uh, just being a bottom. I have two free transfers and $3.7 million in the <laughs> Holy shit, I can't <laughs> believe you just said that. <laughs> All right, back to our regularly scheduled programming. I have two free transfers, $3.7 million in the bank. And I made an early transfer, very unlike uh, what I've said I was going to do. I made a transfer following the FA Cup match uh, for United. I moved Reese oh, baby. to Luke Shaw. So I'm currently sitting with six double game weekers, and I kind of think that's enough. I'm very tempted to continue rolling the second transfer forward for the next possible double game week, which could be coming in 21. I do rate what Brian said about a move of Mitro to Martial if we find out that 21 is not going to be a double game week. However, I really feel like I have most of the important players covered from a double game week 20 perspective. I already have Holland. I have Foden and Cancelo. Not ideal, but they play for the right team. I have Kane, Rashford, and now Shaw. So I feel pretty good about where my team is at. And if I didn't have so many injuries, I would actually be considering maybe a bench boost chip in this double game week 20. But Patterson is out injured. That's a bugaboo. And then I have Mitro right now and Andreas playing against Newcastle, which is not ideal. So right now I'm going to plan to just roll my second transfer. I will have 3.1 million in the bank to splashy the cashy in double game week 21, which I'm really hoping for. And captaincy, I'm boring this season. It's staying on Erling Holland. I expect that he is going to get returns, but I am not going to go balls deep and put the triple captain's armband on him just yet. Yeah, I would hold off and wait for a better double game week. Again, even though we're all on Holland for captaincy, there might be a time where a differential triple captain could come into our midst as well, especially with the rotation that City might face later in the season. Lastly, I do want to call out that there are Carabao Cup matches coming up for a lot of these teams, so make sure... Not that I care about. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Bucks. So just in case any of your players do pull up with an injury... I would try and save your transfers until the deadline, which is on Friday morning. And then you can have a full kind of perspective on what the game week is going to hold. All right, Bucks, let's get out of here. Thanks for following us on social and tuning into the pod each week. We're excited for this big double game week and lots of points to come. Bucks, any last words? Green hours for all. Let's get it. Let's get back in the good graces of the FPL gods this game week, Brian. We have a lot of rank rising to do. And together with our listeners, I think our advice is going to get us there. So thank you for listening. Thank you for following along on this journey. We appreciate and love you. Let's smash it in double game week 20.